getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. The Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank to uh, participate in the conversation. Here in the next uh, week, we'll be doing football scores, predictions, maybe get people's final take on kind of what they what they view for the season. Maybe write some things down like, okay, so here's what everybody says on think date. All right. End of the month, maybe first of the month prior to the September 3rd kickoff with uh, Texas Tech and Murray State. Okay. okay. We'll just write, we'll just write some things down and we'll see, see how we do. I got a bunch of lists for you today. Not, All right. So just some, just some things. Just some, just some like honeydew lists. No, no, no. Like oh, okay, just good. lists of just lists. Good. I lists feel of like things. I've had a lot of those this week. Okay. Uh, boy, did did get a, a a third microwave, and they hooked us up really well. Took care of us, and we're okay. good to go. We're good to go. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah, the original one that went out, and mm-hmm. then you bought one, and it was. It also did not work. It did not work. <laughs> I think I had something wrong with the power cord, which <clears> you know it happens, right? And then right, yeah, it just yeah, happens, and it then. Happens. So now the third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Does it work? Does it heat things up really good? It does. It does. It heats things. That's, That's good. really good. <laughs> it's not like you want your microwave to cool things, right? I mean, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, and I don't know. We've not had Jello at our house in quite some time. Did your mom ever make Jello as a kid? Did oh. you make? Did you guys have a lot of Jello at your house? Not a lot, but we a seem, little bit. We seem to have a lot of Jello at our. I love Jello. I do too. Where you, you know, you have to boil the water. Wouldn't it be great instead of having a microwave, you had a cooling wave, where you you, you hit a button and it just like froze things. <laughs> what What are you trying to freeze? Real oh, I don't quick? know. Like, well, like Jello. I was gonna say Jell-O. we have a we at our house we have like a fridge and a freezer that makes things cold but right, it's not like immediate instant, like yeah. instant like instant i feel like we've just invented something here. what what, what are like we a cool wave i don't know like a well you know, in despicable me he had a freeze ray right i'm sure that would probably work <laughs> you, jeff uh, is not entertained not by entertain. you right now no he's not he's he's yes. befuddled i've never needed jello instantly and if i did I'm fairly certain there's something called instant jello. Yeah, but it's is not there the really? Same. It's not the same. It's not. It's oh, not it's as like good. the stuff that's already made. Yeah, it's no. not instant jello. It's already made yeah. jello. Yeah, we'd have you know that that was you know we had jello and you put a little whipped cream on top of it and it was like dessert. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good with the whipped cream without the whipped cream. I'm yeah. good with the. I'm I'm even good with like bananas in it. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah and maybe. Maybe some little cherries? No? I'm not a cherry guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. But some bananas. Yeah, I'm but with I bet you that's the, good, though. I bet you I'm with you on the bananas. Uh, two pitches really did the Rangers in last night. Uh, they fell to the Rockies 7-6. to six. Two three-run Jimmy Jacks by the Rockies in Denver last night. C.J. Crone hits one in the seventh to go ahead. And then uh, Elias Diaz also had one earlier in the game. As uh, the Rockies overcome two three-run deficits, that's that's not good for the resume if you're the interim manager, or, or if you're one of the pitchers trying to kind of come back next year, trying to hold the lead, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that is uh, no no bueno. The Rockies really haven't had the, the best of years. They're fifty-four and seventy. Rangers are slightly better at fifty-six and sixty-seven. Those two teams play again this afternoon. 1.30 the broadcast time, 2.10 uh, first pitch for the Rangers. And then uh, when the Rangers are, uh, are home, after that they come home to play uh, Detroit. Okay? Mm-hmm. Over the weekend. So it's, uh, it's winding down for them, for the Rangers. All right, one of, one of my lists, my first list here um, that I saw last night, Major League Baseball Rumors. Five managers who should be fired at the end of the season. Want to take a guess at who number one was? Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to buy in until you tell me what happens in the postseason. Okay. I mean, how many of these guys? I mean, I just it's. I guess I'm saying that I I, I just feel like, like right now, mm-hmm. you can't 
you can't fire Aaron Boone right now because mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's who you're going with. Well, he's not number one. Oh, okay. He's not number one. He okay, is... well, Tony Beasley's number one. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, okay, I don't uh, know. There's a Tony number one. Okay. Be Tony Larusa, but you could say the same thing about him. But... Well, what if the white? I mean, what if the White Sox sure a good run here? No, I think that's I think that's fair. But this guy's this is what this guy's saying. There's a, there's already been four fired, and this guy wants five more fired. That's a Noah Yingling, okay, from uh, just some site that I saw. Uh, number two on the list is Aaron Boone. Yeah, I, I mean, I just how can you judge before the season ends? Now I'll tell you, it feels like this season is not going to end well, mm-hmm. and the Yankees will move on. Um, but I. I, I guess the, I'm willing to let, let it play out. Sure. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Did they make a mistake in 2017 when they let Joe Girardi go after losing the ALCS? No, I don't think so. I don't think that team was responding really well to him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three on the list is Mike Matheny. It seems like they've not really done very much in Kansas City. He's in his third year. The team was expected to be better this year than last year. They've got uh, some young phenoms up, uh, pitching-wise, and, you know, of course, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., and uh, they've gone backwards. They, they had won 74 ball games last year, and they've, they've not responded this year. So, And that's, that's going to be twice for him because it didn't work out for him with the Cardinals, and now he's got a problem in Kansas City. And Dayton Moore, uh, the GM, is also on another list of GMs to be fired. So they could have a regime change there. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another guy near and dear to your heart, Don Mattingly. Okay. Now, did he get the kind of backing in, in Miami that he's, that he's needed? But the problem is he's in his seventh year. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they've, they're going anywhere positive at this point. I'm not sure that it's Mattingly's fault. Right. At the same time, I totally get it. Yeah. His uh, deal ends at the end of the year. So they wouldn't even quote, have to fire him. If they just chose not to bring him back. Okay. So there's there's another one. And then uh, last on the list is, I think you could, I think you probably could stop a thousand cars in Pittsburgh and ask them who the manager of the Pirates is and they wouldn't, half the people wouldn't know. Derek Shelton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what kind of passion the uh, folks in Pittsburgh have for their Pirates right now since they... Basically, they hadn't tried to win in, I don't know, 40 years or right, so. Right, right, I know they had one run there for a short time, but a couple years. Just feels like. Yeah. Feels like that they're just. They're just waiting for football season. They're waiting. For trying football. to figure out who Ben's replacement is. Well, that I mean, that's a real that's a real problem for them right now. <laughs> I think it is. You know, they got the rookie and then they got uh, Trubisky. So, <laughs> they got the one draft pick. They got the number one draft pick that they, their first round draft pick, you know. My wife has a teacher friend that is a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Oh, fan. really? And she just keeps telling me how great they're going to be this year, and I just feel bad for her. So the, the teacher friend or your yeah. wife is telling you that that's what the teacher friend says? No, the teacher friend tells me every time I see her oh, how wow. great they're going to be. Yeah. I just, I feel bad for her. It's going to be a rough year, I think. <laughs> I mean, she is diehard. Terrible towel and everything? Yes, all of that. All of that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I think I think you're probably uh, probably right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sticking with baseball. And and uh, I don't know how you guys will feel about this. Maybe you'll feel good for him. But Joey Gallo has found his swing in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good to see. Yeah, he's he's playing well for the Dodgers. He uh, he went two for three the other night. Had a triple, a walk, scored a couple of runs, and apparently his uh, gloves working in the outfield too. Yeah, he's so, always been a, a above average defender. Yeah. Uh, they said outstanding defensive plays. Yeah. He said. Uh, well, he's uh, got a gold glove. Yeah. I mean, this, it's not uncommon for him to make good plays. Yeah. He just couldn't hit New York. That was his big issue there. He's got as many gold gloves as he does sacrifice flies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. I think that was exaggerating a little bit. Yeah. But. You know, the, the, thing, the thing is, though, in uh, 82 games with New York, he had a batting average of 159. In 12 games with the Dodgers, he's hit 267. 
Not like he's yeah. <laughs> lighting it up. It's not like he's 300 hitter, right? Yeah. But I mean, on one hand, it speaks to how bad he was with the Yankees. On the other hand, it speaks to how batting average really doesn't matter anymore. No, not for some guys. You know, uh, it seems like because uh, anymore you'd be like 267. We traded for a guy hitting 267. Yeah, that's and above then, his wave. That's 30 points higher than his career average. Yeah, probably. no, right, 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 yeah. right. Just seems seems so strange to be talking about such low numbers and lot be of somebody being, yes. being impressed. Right. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. Will someone make sports history today? We'll tell you about it in a year, but now this day in sports history for previous years. Going to start in 1919. Having pitched into the ninth inning, Cleveland's Ray uh, Caldwell is flattened by a bolt of lightning. Mm. He goes on to record the final out versus the Indians in a 2-1 win for the Indians in a 2-1 win over the A's. So Chuck was right. You can dodge lightning. Or no, no, he didn't dodge it. You, <laughs> you can get hit by it, right, and then come back from it. But you can keep playing, apparently. You can keep playing. 1923. Official marathon runner of the morning drive, Pavel Nermi of Finland, <laughs> runs a world record three-mile time, 14 minutes, 11.2 seconds in Stockholm. That's flying. Mm-hmm. That's, that's still mm-hmm. flying. Which is fitting because he was known as the Flying Finn. 1945, Cleveland ace Bob Feller returns from na- from the Navy and strikes out 12 in a win. 1975, San Francisco Giant Ed Halick no hits the New York Giants and wins 6 to nothing. 1993, the Cardinals and Padres played a game. The Cardinals wish they could forget the first inning because they gave up 14. Runs mm. in the first. Mm. Makes for a long day. Makes for a long first inning. And in 2004, future eight time Olympic gold medal winner Usain Bolt of Jamaica finishes fifth in his 200 meter heat in with a time of 21.05, failing to qualify for the second round of the Athens Olympics. I think he's going to bounce back, though. It is National Peach Pie Day. Are you are you in on the peach pie, or would you rather just have peach cobbler? I don't do peaches. No peach at all. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's right. You said that yesterday. I think I would rather have the cobbler over the pie. I'm with almost you. universally. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to former chairman and president of the WWE, Vince McMahon, is seventy-seven. Dave Chappelle, forty-nine. Reggie Miller is fifty-seven. Arian Foster, 36, and Craig Kilborn is 60 today. Hmm. Reggie Miller, the basketball Reggie Miller? Yes. Okay. And 57. Brother, 57, yes. And very famous sister. Mm-hmm. And on this day in 79 AD, you're a farmer, a merchant in the south of Italy. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're part of a thriving Roman Empire. The day starts like every other day has. You're thinking it's going to be a good day, right? (laughs) Thinking that's just another day like every other day over the last over 100 years. You get to work, and right around the time you start thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, Mm -hmm. the ground explodes. A 10-mile mushroom cloud of ash and pumice are shot into the stratosphere. For the next 12 hours, volcanic ash and hail and pummel stones up to three inches in diameter showered Pompeii forcing the city's occupants to flee in terror. Some 2,000 people stayed in Pompeii, holed up in their cellars or stone structures, hoping to wait out the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. The people who remained in Pompeii were killed on the morning of August 25th when a cloud of toxic gas poured into the city, suffocating all that remained. A flow of rock and ash followed collapsing roofs and walls, burying the dead. Today, Mount Vesuvius is the only active volcano on the European mainland, its last eruption, 1944, and its last major eruption was 1631. Another eruption is expected in the near future, which could be devastating to over 700,000 people who live in the death zones around Vesuvius. And that is this Dan's Okay.
Would you like to see a volcano? Like if you went to Hawaii, would you make it a point to go to one of the volcanoes? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I would too. Uh, yeah, that'd be super cool. Would I want to be around Mount Vesu- Vesuvius <clears throat> when it explodes again? No. Maybe from afar. Very far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you be disappointed if uh, when you went to the volcano that the ash wasn't it wasn't bubbling? You know, ash wasn't coming over the side? Yeah, I think I would want to keep my distance a little bit. Okay. If there was any kind of uh, activity going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd want to see the I'd want to see the molten going over the top of the of the deal. Okay. I think that would be cool to to see that. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. This person had uh, quite the experience last night. Got to watch Caleb Killian pitch last night. Says he did great. Five innings, three hits, shut out, and got the win. He's pitching for the Iowa Cubs. Nice. How about That's that? Cool. And and pictures as well. <clears throat> According to the scoreboard, four and two, <clears throat> eighty-three innings, hundred four strikeouts, thirty-three walks, ERA of three point nine zero. Um, th- that kind of stuff will get you to the big leagues. Yep, I would imagine we'll see that in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, probably really, really, really near future. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's really cool. Very hey, cool. I saw this and I wondered what the uh, ramifications are. There's no nothing nothing official on it, but according to this article that I read, uh, Oregon is in uh, talks with the Big Ten about just these are exploratory talks to see if they fit with each other. Doesn't really come as a surprise. Um. Neither the like the head head of the of Oregon, the president of Oregon, is not in these talks yet. But it comes from a credible a credible source um, that the uh, Big Ten has uh, begun preliminary uh, discussions. This is according to Brett McMurphy of Now Action Network. Uh, stages are such the discussions are such that. The commissioner of the Big Ten, Kevin Warren, and top Oregon administrators are not yet involved. Probably more of a just kind of a feeling out process to see how they match up. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it just would really surprise me if the Big Ten added anybody now after they just signed their newest, their latest deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the report also makes clear that Oregon, another Big 12 pillar, is giving some serious thought to leaving the conference. They don't have a lot of incentive to stay without USC or UCLA, and that would leave them as the biggest program in an increasingly weak league. Right, that's uh, Captain Obvious stuff there. Uh, you know, the, the the question, though, is in these TV deals, is there some codicil, okay, that says if Oregon comes, then we will increase the pie accordingly. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know? Maybe, maybe there is a little side note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that if um, and maybe, I mean, maybe Washington also would get that kind of respect. I don't know. Maybe Utah or maybe, you know, if they took two, two more from the Big 12 or the Pac-12. You know, I don't know that there's anybody from the Big 12 that the Big 10 wants um, at this point. Uh, it doesn't appear that the SEC wants anybody at this point. Uh, but it's all going to depend upon, okay, if we add somebody, we're not going to lessen the pie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, to bring somebody in sure. at this point, you know we're not we're not we're not interested in less. We're only interested in more. What is it going to do for us? Yeah, and obviously they're not bringing any any small fishes in. They're bringing in somebody that can mm-hmm. bring them a specific market. Yeah. yeah, a big one, a big one, right? Mm-hmm. And and a brand too. Yeah, and a brand in um, in Oregon. So, could you make the case though with how much bigger this deal is than their last deal? That they and they haven't gotten that money yet for the new deal. That even adding a team, they're still getting a pay raise from what they were getting before. Sure, but okay, Jeff. If if I tell you one day uh, you're getting a twenty percent pay raise, and then tomorrow say just kidding, it's only five percent, you shouldn't be upset with me because at least you're getting five percent. Well, you're talking to me. I'm just happy I'm getting a raise. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. no, I, I so understand. to answer your question, no, I don't think they would be happy with that. Those schools in the Big Ten want that big, big pay sure. increase, and I don't think they're looking to cut into it. And, well, and how would that? The same, how would that benefit those schools? They're not in the same situation like the Big Twelve is, um, where 
you're trying to strengthen your conference. They're one of the, the power brokers in all of this. They want to be the conference, just right. like the SEC wants to be the conference. Do, do you? How much closer do you get by adding Oregon and Washington, and is that worth the cut for the teams that they'd be having to make in their from their future deal? They're not going to take a cut. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think those teams in the Big Ten would agree to that yeah. unless there's more money coming the coming to make it at least equal to what their new deal is expected to pay them. Yeah, this person says uh, the Big 12's new deal has an escalator clause that allows the pay, payouts to go up if other schools are added. It's a pretty big one too. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, never mind. Yeah. That is uh, that for this day in sports history. We'll uh, continue on and hear from the starting quarterback of the Texas Tech Red Raiders here shortly. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. The Morning Drive, nice to have you with us this morning. Thanks for your thoughts and comments on the Soaring Center chat line. You can uh, continue to make them on the... uh, Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. The um, Red Raiders are uh, getting ready for football a week from Saturday. Can't wait. It's a 7 o'clock kick. Optimum game day live coverage begins at 7 a.m. from the front stoop of the Frazier Alumni Pavilion there in the southwest corner of Jones Stadium. We look forward to seeing you as you you walk by. Uh, You can stop by and say hello or gain a tidbit or two of knowledge as we try to provide you with just a little bit more than the guy sitting next to you. You kind of you kind of smirked when you said that. Good luck. Huh? Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. No, yeah. I, th- I think I think we'll be able to. I think we'll be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be able to pull it off. Okay. You know, Saturday morning right. quarterback, Thetford Nashby. You know, mm-hmm. Dickens and Level. You and me, mm-hmm. Choice and Haxton. You know, it's a it's a you know kind of a rock star lineup right there, with the exception of me. But I mean, you know, we got to got to you know get the knowledge that is uh, all those guys and provide a little entertainment that's i'm the court gesture that's my role okay court gesture well i'll do uh, a magic we'll, act while uh, dickens the level are on the air we'll do our best to do some entertaining as well yeah um so uh the starting quarterback uh, for the texas tech red raiders who will trot out of the tor- tunnel and uh, onto the field is going to be tyler shuck and he was uh, made available after practice uh yesterday and uh, had some comments um, including the hardest part of the competition between him and Donovan Smith and Baron Morton. Um, I mean, I love to compete. You know, that wasn't really the hardest part. You know, I, I was almost welcome to challenge just because, you know, obviously as a quarterback, um, no matter what, what level you go to, there's always going to be somebody trying to uh, replace you. So I kind of I, I always t- take that and wear it on my shoulder. Um, so I really welcome them to, to com- compete with me, and I wanted to compete with them just because they have their own skill set. The hardest part was just every single day, you know, I wanted to increase and get better 1%. So um, really, I mean, every single practice, I felt like I got better, and I feel like that's why I earned the job, and I feel like I put our best position, um, our, our offense being the uh, most successful. So, I mean, that was the hardest part, but I really, that was the thing I was most proud of, is each day I kind of had that attack mindset, and I want to keep going to, um, with that each game. You know, and it's not like this thing's been handed to him on a silver platter. I mean, he had obviously had to compete where he was previously, uh, and at one point in time lost his job, came here, and uh, and maybe here you know, last year at this point in time there really wasn't uh, extremely. I mean, there was competition, but it was pretty clear going into camp he was going to be the number one quarterback. But that certainly wasn't the case this year. I don't. I don't necessarily think going into the spring and into the summer. I mean, I think there's probably plenty of folks to say, well, it's it, this is. We, we we got to an obvious point here, but I th- I do think there was you know competition between Smith and and Morton uh, that challenged him uh, for this job. Yeah, it sounded that way from the coach's mm-hmm. side of things. I mean, I can't really speak to that because we haven't seen it. But I mean, everything the coaches were saying is that it was three guys that were really competing well, mm-hmm. and um, and and all pushing each other. So hopefully that was the case, and you know because. Uh, there's a possibility you might need one of those guys at some point, and and so you hope it wasn't a situation of Tyler was the only one performing well and he mm-hmm. blew the other two away, but instead it was all three pushing each other or pushing all three of them. Yeah, you know what's going to be interesting because Coach McGuire said we're going to see all three of them uh, against Murray State. 
so who comes in first you know is it is it based on the situation or is it based on pecking order do you have a guess there do you, do you think it's more based on situation than it is pecking order oh boy um it well i guess what will this if the situation is third and one then we'll be let and so donovan enters the game yeah right and he runs the ball on third and one whatever um and we're ne- next week left answering the same question right Okay, who's the number two guy? Is it Donovan or is it is it Barron? Um, I guess you would wh- whoever gets the full time. Okay, first down. You know, we just re- we just returned a punt to the twenty five. Okay, uh, send the offense out there, and that guy's leading the charge. That's mm-hmm. the guy that you'll assume is the second string quarterback. Because I don't think it counts if he just comes in for a play on third and one. No, I mean if he, if for some reason you, you're, let's just say you're up fourteen nothing or ten nothing or whatever, and the start of the second quarter, and and uh, the other team has just has just scored a touchdown, and you get the ball at your own twenty five. Then if Smith came in, or then if Morton came in, you might go, okay, well, clearly he's. The oh, somebody's two. coming in in the second quarter in a. 14-7 game. Or 10-0 game. Or 10-0 game. 10-7. I'm, I'm like, we've given up on Tyler Shuck already? <laughs> okay, maybe, that, maybe that's a little too early. I was just trying to, I guess what I was trying to point out is that, well, I agree with you if Smith comes in and it's a red zone situation or it's third and one, you don't really know if he's the true number two. Correct. You, you know if he's the, you know, who, you know whomever is the true number two if they came in in a situation maybe let's just say right out of halftime or third quarter, and we're going to give him a series or two, you know, to see what he can do with the football. Maybe it's 21 nothing in the fourth quarter, and then so-and-so trots out there, and like, okay, he's number two, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to Captain Obvious. Uh, here is uh, Tyler Shuck on support he has gotten so far from Coach uh, Joey McGuire. It feels great, but I understand, you know, the – I've been in positions before, you know, where coaches have been vocal, teammates have been vocal in, in the next game, especially with media. You know, they're going to be, um, you know, speaking down on you maybe. So, I mean, coaches, he's he said he's got my back no matter what, and I believe it. So, really, I kind of take you know, everything that people have said to me with a grain of salt, to be honest, just because I know that the work is still uh, still yet to be done. So, um, we have a long way to go, and I know this is just another part of the process. And, you know, being starters is, is, is great, but we want to win the Big 12. So. Wow, speaking down on you. Speaking down on you. <laughs> that sounds like that's, wow. you know, not Texas Tech career. That sounds like his previous stop. Yeah, I you know, I wonder I wonder if that changes even more now. Um, I mean, now that they're, you know, paid-to-play athletes, if even more media and fans speak down on them and they kind of do take off the kid gloves a little bit. Yeah, and... and at what point in time do you do you kind of look at that as okay with you know with the amount of guy like Quinn Ewers is getting at Texas that sure. that comes with a that comes with an extreme yeah. amount of criticism right it feels like it should you know yeah. I don't know that I, I don't guess know that, it will I don't know and I don't know all of his deals in terms of how much he's getting but it's rumored it, to be like four million dollars no 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 I'm talking about Tyler Shuck oh okay yeah, yeah. Ewers yeah four yeah million. no no not that much for Tyler yeah yeah Tyler I mean. He's, he's got the 25, you know, and I don't know if 25 is enough to be critical of, but I mean, you, it, it does, it does bring something a little bit different because mm. you, you, you are now, like you said, I think even being, before the 25, I mean, this is not, this is not middle school football here. No. I mean, there's, high, no, you know, high expectations. Yeah. There's plenty of guys up there yeah. screaming, not me. What are you doing? You know, but <laughs> I'm just. Just kidding there. I don't like I don't like booing the I don't like the booing of the of the college athletes. Um, uh, I mean, if they don't hustle, they're not showing effort. I don't have a yeah. And I don't like the booing of any any time your home team unless it's about effort. Yeah, the effort yeah. effort is effort is different than if they happen to throw an interception or something like that. Exactly. You know. Yeah. I mean, if you're not hustling, okay, I get it. Okay, but then you could be critical, but fumbling the football or missing a tackle or something like that just because the guy failed in, in his task I don't think deserves the, the booing. Uh, this from Tyler Shuck. When did he find out that he would be the starting quarterback? You know, obviously it's not my decision, but I feel like, I, I mean, I believe that I was a starter ever since in the offseason. 
you know, I, I mean, in the offseason meetings, getting the wide receivers together, getting the line together, you know, obviously, but we were promised a quarterback competition. But I felt like going into fall camp that it was, you know, I was going to do everything I can, like I said before, to earn it. And um, so, and honestly, I, I went into each day kind of pissed off and, and, and ready to attack, like I said. So um, right now, it didn't surprise me, but I know, you know, we still have a long way to go. So that's kind of my mindset right now is I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> I mean, feels like he was, I mean, that's, isn't that part of the mentality that you want your starting quarterback to have? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. You want him to be uber confident? And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Have, I mean, have that edge and, you know, feel like that you're the guy and, and all that. I wonder, I wonder truly how much, kind of makes you wonder, okay, was just how much, how much competition was there? Was there, was there a lot or is he head and shoulders ahead of Smith and Morton? Well, if we're going to, again, again, if we're going to say, uh, was there even a competition, then we're calling the coaches liars. Because they, I mean, they said, they said, specifically, yeah, said specifically. all three were doing great and they were pushing each other. It just, just kind of sounded like there. It's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm starting quarterback. <laughs> Which, again, I again, think you, you want confidence. You want that confidence. You want them to have that. I, I get it. It's a double edged sword there, so to speak. Yesterday, while looking ahead to today's sports day, this is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right. All right, Chuck, Jeff, and our fine listening audience. Today's question of the day is around the Red Raider football team. My question is, what do you think will be the strength of this year's mm. Texas Tech football squad? Mm. Strength. I, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is the defense, and then the, with regard to the defense, the defensive backs. I think that's the, the that's the, that's where I feel like that you're the strongest coming in. So, defending the pass mm -hmm. or takeaways? Yeah, yeah. I think they they want the plus three, obviously. Okay, you know every time one of these coaches says that, that every coach in America says that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I know that. I, I mean, I, They're not. We've come up with this new concept. What we're going to do is we're going to try to win the turnover battle by three every game. You don't think every coach in America is thinking the same thing? Yeah. No, okay, I, I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure they yeah, are. I'm, okay. sure they, I'm sure they all yeah. I'm sure they all want that. Um, I'm just... Um, I'm just was just kind of speaking right off the top of my head of what the what I just think the defense is going to be stronger um and more maybe more consistent than what we've what we've seen. I realize that's I realize that's kind of a low bar, you know, um because we really over the last 20 something years don't really have a, a tremendous history of playing just stingy defense. I'm, I'm not saying that they're the 85 <laughs> Bears or anything like that. Because that's the team you always compare everything to. Well, they're not the eighty-five Bears, right? But I do. Th I don't. I don't see them in. I don't see us having to score sixty-one points to win a ball game. Okay. Okay. That's good. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's just a giant step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, it. It says something. I mean, for whatever it is, still would have lost the Texas game. Still would have lost the Texas game. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking at it a that's different aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um. I like Chuck's answer for the defensive backs. I think that would be my number two. <clears throat> but as long as you've got the two-headed monster that is Roger Thompson and Taj Brooks in your running backs, mm. that not only can they help your passing game setting up my favorite play in football, which is the play-action pass, because it stops everybody for just a half a tick and gives, your gives a chance for the receivers to, to get some extra space. But they are good enough runners that they can also come out of the backfield. Both of those guys are good at, at, at pass protect blocking, that you're not taking a step back with either one of them in the on the field at the same time. That those guys are going to be where your offense gets their engine started with. That's why I'm going running backs. Okay. I like both of your answers. I, I think they're good ones. I, I personally am, I think I'm going somewhere where maybe most people are not going. I think it's the passing game. 
I think you have three good quarterbacks. I think you have – I know they're not big names at this point, but I think you have a talented group of receivers. Um, I, I mean, at this point, the only question mark is hoping that the offensive line has improved. But even then, I mean, you have one of the best offensive play-calling coaching minds in the country mm-hmm. that's calling the plays for you. I think you're going to be a team – and, and I'm not saying you're going to rack up record yards like you like you have at some points in the air raid offense or when you had Michael Crabtree or had Patrick Mahomes, but I think you're going to be a really good team throwing the football, and I think we'll see a lot of different receivers get involved with that, including your tight ends. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I do like both of your answers. I, I like the secondary, and I like um, the, what you have. You said two-headed monster, and the tech coaches have been saying three. So I like the depth that you have at the running back position, but I I think like you're caught up in, well, we've been so bad defensively, I think we're going to be a little bit better defensively. Yeah. And so any improvement mm-hmm. I'm, is like, oh, that's huge. Do you really think this team is going to be better on defense than they are on offense? Oh, um... Because I do be, not. Because if they're because if I have if I have to say if I say that if I say that, then then only winning five or six games is is really being disrespectful to the offense, which I don't want to be because I think the offense is going to be pretty good. So at the end of the day, the offense will probably outperform the defense, in which I'll so I'll I'll say that, and and I'll say that you're probably right in that a little bit of movement. It's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like the 4-0 student. When the 4-0 student gets an A, it's like, oh, Johnny got another A. But when the C student gets a B minus, it's like, Whoa, man, we, yeah. are, no, we that's, are really teaching that kid, right? And that's that's exactly my point. And yeah. so when I ask you what the strength of the team is, yeah. and you say the defensive side of the ball, I can't buy into that. I think you'll be improved on defense. Yeah. Right. But I think this team winning or losing more times than not, it's going to be because of the offense. Not to sp- And... I think it's going to be because of the passing game. And not not to spoil a future question, but if you ask me what position and group I'm most concerned about, it's offensive line, which kind of leads me to think that there might be a problem throwing the ball or running the ball if your offensive line can't open up a hole for somebody or protect somebody. Yeah, was the offensive line a problem last year? Was it a problem last year? No, not really. Oh, well, I think it was. Think it was? I one hundred percent think okay. it was. Okay. Okay. I, I'm just trying to. So the offensive line. That, the way that you asked that question is like. Then I was like, all of a sudden, going, thinking in my mind, going, okay, was it? I really thought the wrong? offensive line was horrible last okay. year. Okay. It was as you, bad as it has been. Did you have great quarterback play last year? No. No. Was your offense better than your defense last year? Yes. Yes. At the end of the day, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm because our expectations are so high for an offense. Yeah. And they're so low for our defense that anything the defense does, woohoo! Again, the offense can can you know again our offense wasn't great last year by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. and those two areas were problem areas as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say quarterback play was bad; it just wasn't as as good as we've had it at times. And so I, I, I think, think that's, that's a, I think that's uh, maybe my comment was unfair to to Shuck and to Donovan Smith. I mean, I thought I thought it was okay, okay. I mm-hmm. thought it was okay, um, and just not as great as it has been at times. So, but I still think we were a better offensive team than we were a defensive team last year, and I think it'll be the same way again this year. So I can't buy into the defense being the strength. Okay, all right. If you want to tell me that you think the pos- the defensive backs are a position group that you're excited about or that you think will be good. I'm, mm-hmm. I can, I can buy into that. Okay. Absolutely. And same thing with Jeff's running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love our, our I'm still backs. concerned about the offensive line. I am too. I am you too. Know, That's when, a big question mark. When, when you kind of come down to the very end um, to finally decide on your center. And then we learned yesterday that the left tackle that you bring in may not play because he's still recovering from an injury or, I mean, Sounds like he's either like going to practice next week and play, or they're going to shelve him for the year. That's kind of what it sounds like. I'm, I wasn't at uh, Coach McGuire's media availability yesterday, but just from what I've read, that's that's what I'm reading. Um, you know, they could bring him back. He 
could you know request an injury waiver, which would give him a quote seventh year um, of, of eligibility. It's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of years. I mean, you probably should have a couple degrees, you know. <laughs> you know, for, with I'm that. sure that's what his mom and dad are saying. Yeah, I'm like, okay, what do you got? What do you what do you got to show for this? I know you want to play next level, but <clears throat> you kind of need to be thinking about when you're. 35 or 40 if you're sticking around for a seventh year you're not really thinking about playing at the next level you think just thinking about playing one more year and being done being done yeah Yeah, maybe so uh but i I am i am concerned about it so that that's why it kind of leads me to to believe like okay well if these guys can't block or these guys can't open up holes what's what's that gonna what's that gonna do um to your offense and we we know what that does it it puts your quarterback in a situation where he's running for his life, and uh, I don't know. It uh, it'll it'll be interesting, but I do feel good about the defense. I feel good about the defensive line. I feel good about the linebackers. I guess I feel like our C student is going to be a B student this year. All right, maybe and with a chance to be A minus. But when you ex your offense, you expect your offense to be A students because that's what we've seen, right? Sure. So what what you said makes a lot of sense as usual. So thanks for talking to me. I can just get my ledge. kids to think that. I know. Well, they will someday. Mm-hmm. They will someday. I'm currently having doubts. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about your kids at home and here, right? No, at home. It's just yeah. the ones at home. Yeah. Yeah, I've given up on the ones here. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. The Morning Drive. Don't like what we're talking about? Wait five minutes. It'll change. I'm not even sure you have to wait five. Sometimes it's less than that. Well, sometimes we bounce around pretty quick, and then other times um, we linger on one conversation for a long time. Yeah. So it just kind of depends. Linger. 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 Is that... Is that a bad thing or is that can that be a good thing? Lingering. I think both. <laughs> loitering. I think it can be Lo- both. Loitering on topics. <laughs> All right, five things to be excited about with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's see how you feel about this. Uh, number five, the running game. Um, I think that's fair. Uh, they talk about uh, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. Last year, um, you know, Zeke with the knee and Pollard with the plantar fasciitis. Um, but... Uh, they uh, they have also backups uh, in play, uh, and so you know um, basically the sometimes the running game is only as good as uh, your offensive line. Uh, but Zeke is said to have an, an extra bounce in his step again, so we're back to that you know kind of mantra with with him. Of course, there's also the rumor that this will be it for him with the Cowboys. Just because of the money. Yeah, I would bet that would be the case. So, um, anyway, so you, you're buying that? You're buying the running game as a thing to be excited about? Yeah, I am. Okay. All I right. Uh, next up, depth at wideout. Um, even though Amari Cooper is gone to the Cleveland Browns, um, and the fact that Michael Gallup is uh, recovering from an ACL injury, and their other big uh, free agent receiver, uh, James Washington, is out with a broken foot. Aside from that, <laughs> um, according to this article, they still have guys that have the ability to you know, catch the ball. Uh, they cite uh, Simi Fajoko, TJ Vasher, Jalen Tolbert, and Dennis Houston as the backups. And, of course, they've got C.D. Lamb, They've got Noah Brown, and then eventually they'll get Gallup and Washington back. So despite the fact that you lose Amari Cooper, you've got guys there that certainly have the ability to break open and catch the ball for Dak. Don't think I'm as sold on that one. Okay. I'd, I wouldn't call the wide receiving core right now the depth in that core or the strength of your team. Okay. Or anywhere near it. So we'll put a, we'll, I'll put you down for a no. Okay. Jeff, no? No. And you're in agreement with Jamie on the running backs? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, Run defense. Okay. Run defense. Uh, Neville Gallimore, 
they say, seemed to get in the backfield whenever he wanted. Cowboys have uh, rebuilt the defensive line by adding size instead of speed. Okay. It's only one preseason, but it's a positive. Uh, and they cite the fact that a team hold, when a team holds uh, a team to 39 yards on 22 carries, that's a good stat line. Yeah, if you can do that in, in real games, then uh, for the most part, you probably should win a lot of those games, right? Sure. I would agree. Um, if, you're, if you're holding a team to 39 yards on 22 carries, yeah. Uh, this guy is saying the defensive front has seemingly changed its fun-loving nature and transformed into a meaner and more aggressive front. I would think that maybe the last thing that you would want to be fun-loving is your defensive line. You want those guys to be nasty up there, right? Yeah, a lot of big teddy bears, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But you want them to be like... Kind of drooling a little bit. Right, yeah. Foaming at the mouth. Right, right. And kind of, you know, just, you know... Mouth breathers. Unkept beards and stuff like that. You know, just, you know... Discipline. Discipline. Key. We don't want them getting unnecessary roughness penalties on a third and 25 to extend the drive. Right, we've seen plenty of that, right? Yeah, I'm done with those. Um, I'm going to I'm going to buy in on this one. Okay, you'll buy in, okay? Next up, tight end depth. Uh Dalton Schultz got the franchise tag. He says no matter how you feel about Dalton Schultz, uh but the Cowboys put a franchise tag on him. So obviously they like him. Uh they've also added some depth in Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, um, to help with blocking in the passing game. He says this, it's been a while since we've been excited about the Cowboys tight end depth, but the group that they have now looks to have a bright future. Here's what Mike McCarthy said about the rookie Jake Ferguson and his play against the Denver Broncos. I love the way he played. I loved his play style. He did some good things on special teams. Same with Peyton Hendershot. I thought both young tight ends did some really nice things. You buying what the coach is selling? Well, I guess my question is here is if you're banking your season on tight end depth, I don't know that that's a good good thing. But I, I guess I'll tell you I like their tight ends. Okay. So I guess I'll buy into it. Okay. Uh, Hendershot showed promise at stretching the field and being a downfield threat for the Cowboys like Blake Jarwin was. I hate that they lost Blake Jarwin. Mm-hmm, sure. I, I liked him. Um, they said both have a bright future and could be used a lot. Uh, do you want to take a wild guess at what number one is? Dak Prescott. It is not. It's not. Micah Parsons. Mike McCarthy's time management. <laughs> Mike McCarthy's belt line. No, Michelin Man has... They... Has, I don't think he wears a belt. I think his pants just hold up by they, themselves. They got larger shirts for Mike McCarthy. <laughs> you are allowed to wear clothes that fit you, right? The Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. <laughs> Cornerback depth. Uh, they cite Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Kelvin Joseph. I mean, much like the Red Raiders, we're going to say defensive backs are the strength of this football team. At least defensively. They're pretty good ones. Yeah. I still think Michael Parsons is the defensive strength of that defense. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. It, it is interesting that quarterback is not listed as one of the five things to be excited about. No. That's interesting. You know. But tight end depth is. But tight end depth is. Now maybe you know, sometimes we in the media we overthink things, right? And we Or we just try to be different. Try to be different, right? Try to be different. Um I asked you this the other the other day. We were just talking off the air. Who was better, Trayvon Diggs or Stefan Diggs? They're both pretty good. I mean... Would I, you trade one for the other? No. Okay. Do you think the Cowboys would trade Trayvon for Stefan? No. I don't think they would either. Okay. Mm-mm. I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty talented family. It's a pretty talented family. Almost as talented as the Youngs. <laughs> Almost as talented as the Yons. So anyway, so that's that's your that's your five things to be excited about if you're the Good. Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And and I've talked to some others about you know what does Mike McCarthy have to do? You know what's to kind of keep going. And uh, 
the the thought is uh, has to win at least a playoff game, but maybe two. And I certainly don't think he can lose a. Uh, I mean, there's not many teams in the league that win a playoff game. No, I know. I, so to me, if he wins a playoff game, you can't be that hard on him. You know, unless he his bumbling all season long costs you other games, or or his his coaching and the again he can't see the clock when you're in the second round of the playoffs or something, and that costs you playoff game. Just, well, Chuck doesn't even I mean, think somebody just get the man an Apple Watch or something so he. Can, uh, and how about somebody on the sideline? Like, you know, I'll volunteer to be the clock clock watcher. That's so it's so sad, right? When guys like that say that and you're just like, "No, don't do that." Mm-hmm. Cuz now I just lose complete faith in you. You know, it's like when Larusa in the World Series against the Rangers didn't get a reliever up and he blamed it, "Oh, there was miscommunication. We told a guy to get up, he didn't get up, you know, on the phone. We it was tough. We couldn't they couldn't hear us. They thought that we said this, but just admit, man, we didn't get him up quick enough. We probably should have gotten him up quicker, you know? But, I mean, gosh. You just, I mean, so hard to just say, ah, my bad. Yeah, I screwed it's up. It's really hard to yeah, say it. right, right. Why, yeah. why, why, can't you, why, can't you, why can't you do that? Why can't you just say that? Uh, we get this from, uh, from our friend Josh. He says, as a Packer fan... Uh, Mike McCarthy hire to the Cowboys was a head scratcher. I think he needs NFC Championship appearance to stay. Hmm. Yeah, I think he stays if he gets one win in the postseason. Again, Chuck doesn't even think he's making it that far. He thinks he's fired before, yeah. before they go to. Green I think Bay. he would be better off. I believe this wholeheartedly. He would be better off having not as good of a regular season and winning one game in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Than he would if they got the number one seed and got the first round by and then lost their first playoff game. Mm-hmm. I think he would be out. Okay, that that's yeah. It's it, I think it's at this point in time. How deep can you go in the playoffs? Winning the division is second nature, second fiddle, so to speak. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double t nine seven three dot com.